Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago. It's the White Sox taking the finale, six, the Guardians, three. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And you know what? This one hurt. This one, you had a chance to take the series, three games to, you know, one, you had your ace on the mound, Shane Bieber, and they had their ace on the mound, Dylan Cease. And in the battle of aces, Dylan Cease definitely came out on top on this one. So let's get into it. We end up splitting the series with, with the White Sox, 2-2. Two to two. Uh, You know, so we don't really gain anything coming out of the All-Star break. But you know what? We're still holding our position in second place. The division is still very much in reach. But this road trip coming out of the second half of the season continues into Boston. All right. So what went down in this game? What were the storylines of this game? Well, Shane Bieber, uh, unfortunately, was not very sharp. He gives up three home runs on the day. Three home runs. Uh, it was interesting. Mandy Bell's entire like post-game wrap-up article was basically about Shane Bieber and the fact that he didn't really get a chance to do his side throwing or do any of his stuff during the All-Star break. He went out to California, uh, you know, had himself a little vacation, and we don't talk about it often what these guys actually do during the All-Star break. But you know, some of them do. I think he's. I think. I think the article said something about he was in a wedding or something like that. Uh, so yeah, there was nobody out there in California for him to throw a bullpen session to. Quantrill got the throw. Uh, you know, some of these guys, Mackenzie got the throw, but that's why Bieber was not starting the first game back after the All Star break because he didn't have anybody to do any of his side work with. Uh, which is fair. I mean, these guys are allowed to take a little bit of a break during the All-Star break if they're not in the game, right? And, you know, I I used to work with the legend in Cleveland, Les Levine, and he had a joke. He had many jokes that he repeated often, but one was, I'm pretty much worthless the week before vacation and the week after vacation. And that's kind of the Shane Bieber we got yesterday, right? Uh, struggling in his week back from vacation. And he goes six innings, so he does last on 76 pitches, which is not like Bieber. Usually he's racking up the strikeouts, which means the pitch count gets very high. Uh, so he goes six innings, gives up eight hits, six earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts, and three home runs allowed on 76 pitches. This guy is hard hit. This is just uncommon. 12 times, 12 times the White Sox. Pounded balls 95-plus miles per hour around the yard. And, yeah, that is very uncommon for Bieber uh, to really get hit this hard. Now, one of the things was that he was throwing strikes. But is there such a thing as too many strikes? I mean, I don't know. It's not very often we see a guy at 75% strike rate. On 76 pitches, he threw 57 strikes. That's a lot of strikes. That's a lot of the ball being in the exact spot you think it's going to be. And going over to the illustrator, uh, yeah, it's amazing. He was just pounding the strike zone. Fastballs, cutters, changeups were all in the strike zone. There were a bunch of knuckle curves in the strike zone, a bunch of sliders in the strike zone. 
including a couple of sliders that he hung for some pretty, pretty big home runs here. Uh, the first home run he gave up was uh, to uh, A.J. Pollock, I believe. Uh, no, that was with two outs. Uh, the first one he gave up was to uh, Lurie Garcia. It was a fastball away to the lefty, but it was right at the belt. In fact, everything he gave up was at the belt or above. There were two singles from down, from knuckle curves that didn't get low enough, from knuckle curves that stayed above the knees uh, at the bottom of the strike zone. Two singles there. Everything else is from the belt up. Uh, the double that he gives up to Jose Abreu in the first inning. Uh, a knuckle curve right down the middle to Gavin Sheets. The home run, the first one he gives up was to Lurie Garcia, a two-run home run. It's a fastball away on the outside part of the strike zone to the lefty, but he turns around and cranks it 96.4 miles per hour for a home run. Then in that inning, that same second inning, he hangs a slider to A.J. Pollock, who launches a three-run home run uh, with two outs. First pitch swinging from A.J. Pollock. I mean, it's a slider at the letters, just spinning right there in the middle of the strike zone. And then later to Aloy Jimenez in the sixth inning, another two-run home run, another slider. And this, I mean, is right down the pipe. Right down the pipe between the letters and the belt. You can't ask for a better pitch on a 1-0 count. He hangs him a slider, and Aloy Jimenez makes him pay. So, yeah, he was, I mean, what can you say? He was too down the middle. He was too much, and even all the outs they made, are they're all on the plate. Nobody's expanding the strike zone. He got a few guys to chase. He does rack up four strikeouts on the day. He freezes Adam Engel with a four-seam fastball on the glove side for Bieber, right in the bottom quadrant there, right on the edge of the plate, and then gets Zavala to chase a cutter down in the dirt, gets Tim Anderson to chase a slider down in the dirt, and gets Jose Abreu to chase a slider down in the dirt. So those where his strikeouts were, but four strikeouts on the day is pretty low for Shane Bieber. So it's interesting. His CSW numbers don't look terrible because he was in the strike zone so much, but he also gave up a lot of hits in there, right? And got hit pretty hard. Uh, No pitch was really, the cutter maybe was the only pitch inducing somewhat weak contact. Everything else was over 90 mile per exit velocity. They averaged 95.3 off his fastball on seven fastballs they put in play. So they were hammering him pretty good. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a 32% CSW total on the day because, like I said, he was throwing so much in the strike zone. And Slider did have a 50% whiff rate, so that's good, except for the two he hung, except for the two that hung right there in the middle of the plate. So... Uh, it was a day for Bieber where uh, he didn't, you know, get the benefit of the doubt. He didn't get some, you know, good bat bip luck. He uh, he got hammered. Uh, he got hammered pretty hard by a White Sox team that, hey, we know can hammer the ball. We know these guys can hit. All right. On the other side of things, Dylan Cease uh, was much better. Now, he also got hit around a little bit. His CSW numbers aren't perfect. He didn't rack up the strikeouts. Uh, against us in this one. Uh, Only four strikeouts in six innings. He gives up seven hits, only gives up one walk, but he was able to limit the damage. He was able to get out of every inning. And I'm telling you, get out every inning. There were ducks on the pond. 
every inning there were guardians on base and he was able to get out of it. Some big moments for him, some double plays. Um, yeah, so his slider also had an okay whiff rate, a 25% whiff rate. He threw the slider a ton, 52 sliders on the day. Cease was really leaning on that slider, 34 fastballs and 11 knuckle curves. Uh, he was getting the called strikes with the four-seam fastball, was locating that for 10 called strikes. But then he was inducing weak contact off those lead pitches. Off that slider, which he threw 52 times again, he was only getting hit at an average exit velocity of 84.4. That's low. Fastball average exit velocity was 85.1. Now, we did hit the knuckle. The one knuckle curve we hit was at 96.3. That's a little bit of an outlier. One knuckle curve was put in play uh, out of 11 pitches. So, uh, it's only a total of a 29 CSW on the day for Dylan Cease. So, again, neither of these guys were striking out a lot. But Cease was doing a little bit better job. He didn't give up the big one. He didn't give up the big one. I mean, we have back-to-back two-out singles in the first. Jimenez lines out. Lead-off single in the second from Owen Miller. Uh, three outs in a row after that. Uh, in that third inning... Uh, Ahmed Rosario with the one-out double. Josh Naylor with the infield single. That's right. Naylor legs one out. The throw pulls the first baseman off the bag. They give him the infield single. And then Reyes hits into a double play. That one, I think, hurt the most. I think they had just put up those runs in the top, in the bottom of the second inning. And it's one of those things we talked about where, uh, you know, if you want to help your team as a starting pitcher, as soon as they score, throw up a zero throw up a zero to such an impact. Well, the, I mean, the opposite happens if you give up runs, right? It keeps the Guardians' hopes in this game. It keeps their hopes alive. And uh, it looked like we were going to do it after the Rosario double, Naylor singles, and Reyes grounds into the double play, though. So it all goes for naught. Uh, they do go 1-2-3 in the fourth inning. So, yeah, that's the only inning they go 1-2-3. Uh, it's a two-out single in the fifth that doesn't lead in anything. Another double, another two-out uh, hit in the sixth, a double and a walk, but it doesn't lead to anything. Uh, two-out walk in the seventh doesn't lead to anything. And then finally in the eighth inning, a leadoff single and a home run from Fermil Reyes were able to make them pay, but then they do strike out the side. Uh, and then obviously Quan with the home run, the solo home run in the ninth inning. Ahmed Rosario with a single, but we can't get him in. Uh yeah, Naylor and Reyes had a decent day. In fact, the entire top of the lineup had a decent day. Uh, no matter who was in, uh, we were able to hit Dylan Cease, but we couldn't get the run in. Jimmy Lambert does have a decent inning against us in the seventh. Kendall Graverman, we hit him hard. Liam Hendricks, the closer, we hit him hard. Hendricks must hate facing Cleveland because we always find a way to hit this guy. It was just too insurmountable at that point. I mean, 6-2 to two was a big enough lead that Hendricks could get hit around a little bit. 6 nothing was a big enough lead that Kendall Graverman could give up a two-run home run and not really lose the game. I mean, they staked themselves to a pretty good lead there, uh, the 6 nothing lead. Uh, I apologize. The um, the home run in the sixth inning was a solo home run. I gave him credit for a two-run home run. It was a solo home run in that sixth inning. So, uh, and that one was, was that Aloy Jimenez's? Yeah, I think that was Jimenez's in the sixth inning. Uh, so, yeah, so the Guardians, I mean, it's a weird game to look over the box score, to look over some of these stats, because you see zeros put up on the board by Dylan Cease in the in the run column. Doesn't tell the full story of the game. I mean, the Guardians were had their opportunities, had their chances. 
too many of them probably came with two outs. So it's it's hard. It's hard to ask for two out rallies, you know, for two out RBIs. We end up going on the day one for seven with runners in scoring position. So there you go. I mean, there's there's your your stats. And the one was probably that infield single that doesn't actually bring in the run to score from second. So, um, yeah, so Cease has a good day. And frankly, Cease has been, Dylan Cease has been one of the best pitchers in baseball for the last two months. Now, we got to him in April. We beat Cease in April. I mean, he gave up eight hits, four runs uh, in that one. Uh, he takes the loss in April against us. But his last start against us in Cleveland, uh, he was also very good. Nine strikeouts in that one. Only last five and two-thirds. The pitch count was probably up there. But he gave up He had, gave up no runs and nine strikeouts in that one. And this one, again, no runs. He does give up seven hits, four strikeouts in this one. So it's a little bit of a different start. But again, throwing zeros up in that run column against Cleveland and gets the win his last two starts against us. Now, he's been throwing up zeros against a lot of people. Uh, For the uh, month of June, his ERA for the month of June was 0.33. His ERA for the month of July, 0.61. So he has been very, very good for the last two months of the season. And it shows when you look at his percentile rankings. I mean, this guy is absolutely one of the best in baseball right now. Everything is red. Everything except the walk percentage is red on his MLB percentile rankings. Uh, His hard hit rate is in the 84th percentile. His expected weighted on base percentage is in the 90th percentile. Expected batting average, 93rd. Expected slugging, 93rd. K percentage is in the 95th percentile. With percentages in the 95th percentile. So this guy is really doing it. He's finally coming into his own in his age 26 season. Uh, you know, maybe it's the mustache over the beard which he used to rock. I don't know what it is, but he's definitely having the best uh season of his career so far. In his four years that he's been pitching for the White Sox. His barrel percentage is the lowest it's ever been at 6.3%. Uh, his expected batting average and expected slugging is the lowest it's ever been. His heart hit percentage is the lowest it's ever been at 32.8. So yeah, it really is uh, the highest K percentage of his career at 33.4. So it really is uh, a career year for Dylan Cease. And we've now had to deal with him twice in in this month alone. Uh, So we'll see the next time they come around. I mean, obviously something was working that we beat him back in April. Something was working that we did get seven hits off him. We just ah, couldn't get the big one. And the top of the order was doing the work. I mean, Quan was on base three times, including two hits. Ahmed Rosario had two hits, including a double. Naylor batting in the three-hole for Jose Ramirez, who gets the day off. It was interesting. A lot of stars got the day off yesterday. Um, you know, they sat and they rested a lot of players. The White Sox fans were pretty mad about it because they have a ton of off days in this first week back. We don't. We don't have an off day until August 8th. So something yesterday, you know, Francona, I don't know if he said anything in any of the interviews or anything like that, but something about yesterday, he decided to give Jose Ramirez the, the complete day off. Ernie Clement starts once again at third base two games in a row. And uh, Naylor takes over the third spot in the lineup in his absence. And he goes three for five. He has three singles on the day. 
uh, and ends up scoring a run, you know, leads off that eighth inning with a single and comes around on that Reyes home run. Reyes batting cleanup. I know, yeah, he had one bad strikeout and he grounded into a double play, but he does go two for five on the day with a home run. So, I mean, can you ask for anything better from Fermil Reyes? That's a decent Fermil Reyes day. He got his home run. He had another hit on the day. Um, and then things start to trickle off. Jimenez had this one hit on the day. Owen Miller had one hit on the day and a walk. Uh, Clement is on via walk. Nothing from Austin Hedges and nothing from Miles Straw or Alex Call, who pinch hit for him late in the game in that nine spot. So uh, the offense does trickle off. The top of the lineup did their job. They definitely carried their the offensive weight. Uh, everybody in the top four in the lineup with a multi-hit game on base multiple times. Unfortunately, it wasn't one of those days where we were turning the lineup over like we were doing earlier in the series. So, yeah, it's a rough day offensively, but, I mean, it was a frustrating game. I mean, if Bieber doesn't usually give up home runs like that, and it kind of threw everything off, right? It just, all the momentum was in the White Sox' favor for most of the game. The Guardians' flourish came a little too late. I mean, scoring in the 8th and ninth inning is great, but when you're staked to a 6-0 lead, uh, it makes it really easy for the bullpen to even give up two home runs. Stephen Kwan hit a home run, everybody. I mean, we should definitely be celebrating that. Uh, ninety. This is funny. He doesn't even make a hard-hit ball. 93.6 mile-per-hour exit velocity, 34-degree launch angle, 369 just over the wall. It had an expected batting average of 0.90. But it's a home run for Stephen Kwan. Uh, Reyes was a little bit more uh, hard hit ball, 100.6 mile per hour exit velocity, 410. Uh, still only had an expected batting average of 450. Um, so yeah, so those were the two home runs the Guardians hit. So actually, you know what? One more on the home runs the Guardians hit. Why not? Why not? The one, uh, the one Graverman gave up to uh, Reyes was a slider, and he had seen a lot of sliders. But this is another slider on the day that hung right there in the strike zone form. It was on the outer half of the plate, but it was up. It was up above the belt and something easy for Fermil Reyes to drive. And then Quanz was actually a pitch from Hendricks that was down and in. It was another slider. Man, the slider. You know who had the worst day? The pitch of the slider. So many home runs off this slider, whether it was uh, Cleveland throwing them or Chicago. So Quan gets a slider down and in, uh, but it stayed above the knees. It was at the thighs. Uh, definitely something that you can a lefty could go drop the barrel of the bat on and drive out to right field. So Hendricks doesn't get it in deep enough to the lefty Quan, and he gets it. He gets the barrel on it for a home run. So uh, yeah, the slider had the worst day of everybody on the day. All right, I think, I mean, that's really all it was to this game. Uh, Cease got out of everything that he got into, and Bieber just gave up those home runs early, and it was just smooth sailing for the White Sox after that. So MVP on the day, I know those other guys hit home runs, but I think Naylor batting in the three-hole for Jose Ramirez, that is big shoes to fill, and he ends up having a three-hit day, Uh, goes three for five with a run scored, I think that taking over that three spot in the lineup has to be rough. Uh, I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked as you are that Jose Ramirez got the day off. Uh, you know, it was weird. They were showing some close-ups of him the day before. 
And it looked like he was like trying, like he had a headache or something. Like he was trying to shake the cobwebs out. So I don't know if he just wasn't feeling well. And that's why he got the day off. Um, But yeah, it's tough shoes to fill for Josh Naylor. And he does a fantastic job leading this offense. You know, three for five on the day. So Naylor, I'm giving him MVP on the day. Even though yeah, Reyes and Quant did have the home runs, uh, I thought Naylor's at-bats were pretty important, pretty impactful. So uh, that is kind of all my thoughts on this game. It's a pretty straightforward, pretty simple game to break down. Um, the other thing we have to talk about is, uh, before we get out of here, before we wrap this up, lots of trade rumors are going on at this time. Lots of people tweeting things out, and it's just like the hot stove season and the off season. Lots of people like tweeting things out, getting you know retweeted, getting noticed. You know, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing that, and the one yesterday was Plesak. Everybody was hearing, I think even Jeff Passan tweeted it out, uh, who's becoming the uh, the woge of MLB baseball, right? He breaks all the news on MLB baseball. I was hearing Zach Plesak's name. Plesak is the name. He's been shopping. Guardians are shopping around. I've been hearing other tweets that have been saying that the Guardians have been on the phone, burning up the phones here at the trade deadline, making calls to everybody. I'm sure this offense, this off, this offense, this front office definitely knows how to work overtime at these moments of the season. And I'm sure they are burning up the phones, calling around, figuring everything out, finding out what the markets are like. The thing is, if you're an opposing team, do any of the veterans on Cleveland really make an impact for you in your playoff push? Is Plesak having a good enough season? Because we've seen some good Plesak. Well, we've seen some bad Plesak this season. We kind of know who he is. Is he enough for a uh, a contending team to make a run at him? Like, this isn't going to be like when we traded Clevenger to San Diego. It's going to be a, not like when we even traded Trevor Bauer to, uh, to the Reds and we got that big haul back, that three-team deal. It would be a smaller trade if we traded Plesak. It's the same thing with Ahmed Rosario and Fermio Reyes. Like, how many of the contenders out there need a shortstop that hits a ton of singles, uh, legs out some doubles, has tons of speed on the base, plays an all right defense, kind of shaky at times, but then kind of looks okay out there defense. Um, you know, how many of them are in the market for a shortstop like that? How Fermio Reyes, everybody's talking about Fermio Reyes. Who's taking a DH that's, you know, hitting 214 right now, who has a 617 OPS on the season that, yeah, maybe in the last few weeks has kind of turned it around. But what's the trade market for these guys? You know, everybody, everybody on Guardians Twitter has been tweeting out like, I, I hope they trade Reyes, Rosario, and Plesak at the trade deadline. Oh, these guys have to be gone. Antonetti and Chernoff, they got to get rid of Reyes. They got to get rid of Rosario at the trade deadline. Make room for these rookies we want to see. There has to be someone on the other side that wants these guys. That's the other half of the trade deadline scenario. And I, I'm i not sure who's trading for Reyes right now. Rosario, because he's got the batting average up to 297, I see it a little more. But still, how many contenders are in the market for a shortstop? Because he can't play anywhere else. So those of you that think that the Guardians are going to kind of blow up this team here, really continue down this rookie, rookie push. There's others of you, of course, that want them to buy. 
They want the Guardians to go out there and get a relief pitcher and get a veteran catcher. Um, you know, hard to find that catcher right now. Uh, relief pitchers are a little bit easier to find, obviously. Re- relief pitchers grow on trees. You, you can pretty much pluck one from any of the bottom uh, teams in the league. You'll find a reliever out there that's doing something that can help your team. Uh, so, yeah, so if the Guardians are buyers at the deadline, uh, what's their ammunition? What's their, what rookie, you know, what minor leaguers are they trading? And really, where are they finding the things they need? Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how these things go. There are going to be more rumors. You're going to be more tweets like that. Tweets like, I'm hearing the Guardians are taking phone calls on Zach Plesak. You're going to continue to hear tweets like that. Maybe they do. I mean, there's a world where they trade Zach Plesak and then still buy and then still try to stay in contention this season. They know the right time to pull the plug on a trade. They really do. I mean, look what they did with Kluber. Look what they did with Clevenger and Bauer. Like, telling me they did not know the right time to pull the trigger on those trades? Uh, So, yeah. So, they know what they're doing here. So, trust in the front office a little bit. Uh, Whether we're going to see a bunch more rookies get a chance, whether we're going to see a veteran brought in for a playoff push, trust the front office a little bit for now. Let's see what the moves are, how it all shakes out as the deadline approaches before we make a judgment. The other bit of off-field news is that Oscar Gonzalez is now uh, going into his rehab start for Akron, which is a really good sign. If he's able to swing the bat enough that they think he can go on a rehab assignment, That's a really good sign that he might be on his way back. What does that mean in the outfield? I don't think it means Nolan Jones is going anywhere. I don't. Uh, I mean, is Reyes' spot in the lineup in question? Of course, he has a home run yesterday, a big two-run home run, which will keep him around a little longer. So how does Oscar Gonzalez get back on this major league team? What is the adjusting move for that Uh, is going to be something interesting. But good news that the young guy is starting his rehab assignment uh, that's going to be a powerful lineup in Double A. My God, the Rubber Ducks are going to be mashing for the next few days with Gonzalez back in a Ducks uniform uh, on his rehab assignment. So that's all my thoughts on this one. A little bit more off-field news than we normally talk, uh, but it was nice to get it in there and uh, and talk about some things. Uh, look towards the future just a little bit because uh, this time of year, it's always like, yeah, get me to the trade deadline. I want to know what my team is going to look like whether it's a playoff push, whether it's a play the young guys for the last two months kind of situation. I want to know what my team is going to look like. I want to get my expectations ready for August and September. So I kind of want to know what's going to happen to this trade deadline here. It's definitely going to tell us what this team is going to look like in August and September. So that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Chicago. Unfortunately, we split the series. It's the White Sox 6, the Guardians 3. We will be back tomorrow to talk about this Red Sox series, a Red Sox team that has been absolutely hammered by the Blue Jays coming out of the All-Star break. So they are definitely not playing the same kind of baseball they were playing when they were in Cleveland beating the Sox off of us. So uh, we will see what team we come across when the plane lands in Boston tonight. They still have not announced a starter for Tuesday. Plesak is going to start game one. Uh, Quantrill is going to start game three. There is no announced starter for Tuesday. Will it be Battenfield? Or will we have to, I'm going to say it, suffer through another Kirk McCarty start? I really hope Battenfield gets this start. I'm Fingers crossed on this one, everybody. 
Well, if it happens, you can, I'll retweet it. I'll call it out. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts about facing the division uh, rivals, the White Sox. Let me know your thoughts on those Zach Plesak rumors. We'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back in the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.